0: Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in on this Thursday. This is going to be a very fight-focused show as we look at some of the non-main event fighters coming into UFC 298. A little bit of hockey talk at the end. So thank you very much for tuning in today. Uh, And you're here, may as well subscribe, whether it's on YouTube or in podcast form. Um, If you are listening, make sure that you leave a review. And if you're watching here on YouTube, make sure you like this video, comments, help as well um you can find me on social media twitter instagram and tiktok i'm at primetime klein twitch.tv slash primetime pk and you can email the show couch potato diary at yahoo.com also facebook.com slash couch potato diary uh, on twitch we're into the present on nhl 24 uh starting a flames rebuild um had some pretty good stuff in there so might turn that into uh basically a a live chat um episode on the podcast form probably won't put it up here we'll put the whole episode up on uh on youtube tomorrow so some of it will be a little bit dated but there's rules that i have to follow with that um but audio wise it'll probably be up here in a little bit so that is what's going on there uh all right let's get into some ufc 298 talk UFC 298 goes down this weekend. Yesterday we looked at the big storylines going into the fight with the two main fights. Um, on top it is Volkanovski taking on Taporia and Whitaker taking on Costa. But what about some of the other fighters that we should be focusing on going into UFC 298? Well, let's talk about them, shall we? Uh, We begin with Ian Gary. And now this one is basically copy and pasted from uh, a few months ago where he was scheduled to fight. My guy got pneumonia. Uh, So now he is back fighting uh, fighting this weekend. This is such an important fight for him. He is someone who a lot of people at one point thought was one of the top prospects in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And coming off of the fight with Neil Magny, it was a convincing win, but his stock, in my eyes anyway, kind of fell off. And now he's kind of... He, I'm not saying fading into obscurity. This is still a very talented fighter. But the hype train has basically stopped. There, It's been too much um, wish.com Connor McGregor for me, and he needs to try to start carving his own path. An, a, a big performance this weekend would go a long way to doing that. We need a... Hey, I'm here performance from Ian Machado Gary this weekend. He has the tools to do it, we think, but the fight against Neil Magny, he was in complete control of that one. And I do think it is a little knuckle-draggy at times to be like, oh, don't leave it in the hands of the judges, why didn't you finish him? But he was in such control of that fight, it did feel like a time where he could have just... Turn the accelerator up and really put Neil Magny away and made a statement. And he didn't do it. And so now this is the fight where the statement is needed. If this is going to be a guy who is still one of the top prospects in the UFC and is potentially a title challenger by the end of the year, this needs to be an impressive win for Ian Machado Gary. If he's going to go out there and make all of these claims and do all of this trash talk. It needs to get backed up in big time ways. And we will see if he does it here because he's starting to fall behind a few people when it comes to hype. Uh, Marab Devalishvili is coming in and there is now a path to a championship for him. He was, is uh, a teammate of Aljamain Sterling's. They're in the same division and they are like best friends. And so they have said before, uh, we're not fighting. Not gonna do it, not doing it. Um, and so, that has always been a very frustrating thing to Dana White and company, although I would suggest he's not paying enough attention now, that it's whatever. Also, um, it's different when it was, uh, Fitch and, uh, Koscheck, because, quite frankly, neither of those guys was all that visually appealing fight style-wise, and so, the, the UFC kind of wanted them to cancel one of the other, uh, one of each other out, and it just never happened, but... This is a big-time fight now for him now. Aldermain Sterling's out of the way and moving on to a different weight class. And now Mirab, who has had big opponents before, faces another big name. And I, I think a win here puts him in line for a title shot. He is a very talented fighter. He always has been a very talented fighter. But man's got to have a code. And that code kept him, basically kept him out of title contention for the last couple of years while Aljamain Sterling was doing his thing. But Marab has picked up some very quality wins. He has nine wins in a row. And now he's facing Henry Cejudo, former champ, 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 right? Former double champ. And someone who still, I think, has a big name in this sport. And so if Marab can come out this weekend in what is I think one of the most intriguing fights of the weekend, if Marab can come out and really put it on Henry Cejudo, I think we have our next title challenger. Um, and it, it just, it kind of vindicates a lot for Mirab. Cause while he's picked up some wins, we were critical of the Jose Aldo one, right? Like he just, he kind of survived that one. It's been a little bit of survive in advance. This would be a good time for Marab, who is an incredibly talented fighter, to go out there and really put a stamp on some things coming up this weekend against Henry Cejudo. So he is absolutely a non-main event fighter. You should be watching. On the prelims, uh, Mackenzie Dern. Speaking of fighters who the hype train has slowed down to a stop on, Mackenzie Dern has alternated wins and losses in her last six. We know what she is. An incredible... Incredibly talented grappler. One of the most uh one of the most vicious grapplers you'll see. Um it, there, there's no other way of putting it. The speed that she can attack, the technique, and the I'm going to take this home now that she attacks with is second to none um in, in mixed martial arts. An incredibly, incredibly, incredibly talented grappler. We also know what she isn't. Well-rounded mixed martial artist. And while people have been kind of hyping this fighter up for a bit. It needs to get going. Now is the time it needs to get going. Amanda Lemos, a very physically strong fighter, a very talented fighter, but I, I would not suggest an elite fighter, even though a former title challenger at this weight class This is one Mackenzie Dern should be able to put on a bit of a show on and be able to kind of reestablish like, hey, you all need to look at me when it comes to title contention. Now she's got a ways to go. I would be surprised if she can work her way into, I'd be very surprised if she can work her way into a title shot this year. But if she has the 2024 that parts of her game suggest she can, then this is someone who by the time 2025 rolls around could be a fight away from being a fight away sort of a thing but this is someone who needs to step up it just it has not been good enough for her lately there's so much potential there but she just hasn't been able to put it together for more than one fight at a time now it's been alternating wins and losses she just lost so maybe this is the time it bounces back but it needs to bounce back for real now because it's again I'm not saying time is running out she's still a young fighter, but in terms of like, are you going to be what a lot of people thought you were going to be? That time is certainly running out. And then one fighter who that th- there was some hype on and it's just stopped is Miranda Maverick. Um, a win in her last fight, she's three and three in her last six, but. Those three wins have come in her last four fights. She has really started to turn things on a little bit. And the losses, um, coming to Macy Barber, who is good, um, Erin Blanchfield, who could wear a championship at some day, and Jasmine Jastavitius, who who we've seen what she can do when fighters aren't in her level or on her level. Miranda Maverick, I think, is a talented fighter. And there's just no talk about this woman right now. She goes into this fight card, uh, Wikipedia, not official um, belt. Um, order, by any stretch of imagination, but she's on the very first fight of the card. She's the curtain jerker on this one. She, I I think, has more talent than that. And so this is a, a fight for her for a bit of relevancy, like to try to put that spotlight, like, hey, bring that spotlight here. The next few months are going to be really difficult to get the spotlight on. And that's why we've kind of targeted a few fighters who are desperately like trying to get that attention um, as we lead up. But there are some mega cards coming up. This is a really, really good card. UFC 299 is an unbelievable card. And then UFC 300 is a big round name, a big round number, right? So this is the time, if you were going to step up, there's going to be a lot of focus on this sport in the next couple of months. And there are four fighters on this card who are desperate to try to get that level of attention back on them. So we'll see if they can step up come Saturday. Um, also, just a, a, a somber note from the world of mixed martial arts. As Ashley Nichols passing away at the age of 37. Uh, a real pioneer, AK-47, in, the, um, in Canadian mixed martial arts. Um, no cause of death has been revealed. It would be... Unfair to, to speculate, but, but certainly not someone who had the easiest of lives, and um, yeah, just a very, very, very difficult time for people who have been following mixed martial arts for a long time here in Canada, uh, so I just wanted to, to get that in. Um, other MMA fights that are coming up, we're kind of combining normally two segments into one here for this, uh, abbreviated for me, fight week. On the program. Uh, Umar Nurmagomedev taking on Beksat Almakov sorry, uh, at Ultimate Fight Night card, March 2nd. Just a quick aside, the apex has got to go. If you want to use it like once a month as your, hey we kind of owe people some fights so we're just going to do that, which is basically what most of this year has been so far quite frankly. It's been a rough start to 2024 for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Again, big things are coming, but if you wanted to do, like to me, Perfect UFC month. You have an Apex show featuring like similar to what we had on on the weekend where it's like 8th ranked fighter against 11th rank fighter. They get a main event spotlight, shall we say. And then it's a bunch of guys with that Wikipedia, con- uh, Wikipedia pages who you're either fighting out the contracts of or like it's basically a glorified contender series. Then a fight night card somewhere with a fucking crowd and then a pay-per-view. If you want to do da 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 Works perfect in my mind, 100%. But the fact that basically all Fight Night cards now are at the UFC Apex, they are lifeless, and they are basically a must-skip for me. Um, like, um, unless it's a, a big fight that I'm like, I need to see this fight, I'll basically wait until I'm doing pay-per-view prep for some of these fighters. Um, and then we'll we'll bail on it. Because the Apex, it's just, it's it, it was great during the pandemic, and it was fine when we were all kind of getting normalized to uh, sporting events without crowds, but we're not... Anymore, so uh, bring us the crowds again, please. Ultimate Fighting Championship. Um, But anyway, they're gonna be fighting at the apex. This is so clear that um, Umar can't get a big fighter to to take a fight with him, because he is so ready for, I think, a pretty substantial jump up in competition. Instead, he's getting someone making their promotional debut. So, I would expect uh, Nurmagomedov, Nurmagomedov, sorry, to be a, like, minus a trillion on un- favorite in this fight, and to to treat the opposition as such, and move on with a victory. Uh, Ion Kuntelaba against... Um, I think I wrote the name down wrong here. But... Uh, uh, Ion Kuntelaba against Philip Linz, uh, coming up at UFC 299. Kute Lapa is 100% a I can't quit you fighter Um, he is always going to be one impressive performance away from me doing like a, oh, these are the fights to make, put him against the title eliminator. Let's go, lock this guy up. I just, for whatever reason, Kunte Laba has been a guy who I'm like, no, there's still something there. There's still something there with this guy. But now this is a pretty significant drop in competition for him. And this is an opportunity to, again, maybe style a little bit, put on a show, and then try to work your way back up the the, the rankings. He's a fighter who I think really needs a big 2024. And finally, in Bellator, It is Carl Moore going up against Corey Anderson at Bellator 302 for the uh, vacant Bellator Light Heavyweight Championship. Um, This is an intriguing fight. Um, You you have Moore, who has kind of steamrolled his way through Bellator at times. Um, You have Anderson, who is just like a solid professional fighter who has had some success in the Bellator cage. Um, And now this is a big opportunity, right? Because the championships in in the Bellator and in the uh, PFL merger universe thing um actually mean a fair amount so that this is going to be a-, a really really important fight that will set up one of the biggest fights um for both of these guys that they've had in their career um anderson post ufc career but for for more this would probably be the biggest fight he's had in his career so that this is a really really intriguing fight and i'm i'm excited to see where pfl and bellator go here in 2020. So those are some of the fights that have been made here over the last little bit as we get ready for uh, what is a big weekend in the sport of mixed martial arts. Uh, That's going to do it for the Fight Talk. Some big news out of the hockey world today that just kind of came out of nowhere. Let's talk about it. So the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to need a new GM as Yarmo Kekalainen has been fired by uh, the the Blue Jackets um, let go today. He this is an interesting tenure. Let's start with the obvious. He probably should have been fired with Mike Babcock. Um, It's very clear now that that put him on an extremely short leash, but this is, that's just a mistake you can't make. If you are bringing back someone who has had all of the controversies that Mike Babcock has had, A, there needs to be much more of a formal apology than I'm good. Um, And B, you need to look into, hey, this guy's still a fuck. And if the answer is yes, don't hire him. Absolutely don't hire him. But now they, they they do that, so the leash is thin. And this year has just been baffling decision after baffling decision, right? Like they sent Kent Johnston down. Um, it feels like they've been trying to do two things at once. Like they, they go all in with a move to get Johnny Gaudreau. You have Patrick Laine, that should be a dynamic duo for forever. But then you have the rest of the roster is basically a rebuilding roster. And that is very surprising, the approach that they have taken out in Columbus. So, um, it's it, it's a real intriguing roster that you have with the Blue Jackets, right? Like, th- there are some young pieces there um, with, with Fantilli. Gaudreau is still a good hockey player, I think. Um, there's still something there in, in line A. You're probably going to get a good draft pick this year. Um, so, that there's some really interesting pieces. But I, I think for Yarmo, one of the the big thing, the, the last thing legacy will probably be the ba- ba- Babcock thing for me. This guy couldn't resist taking a home run swing. And maybe it ends up costing him, maybe it doesn't. Right? But they, they they got into the playoffs when they went all out. And it's like, yeah, we know Panarin's probably going to leave. Want him anyway. Um, but Brovsky's probably going to leave. Keeping him around, we're really going to go for it here. This is a GM who went all in a couple of times, right? And it never, it just never fully paid off the way he needed it to. He was good at getting the stars, he wasn't good at then surrounding them with the pieces that they ended up really needing. And that's I think going to be a a real that that's the real downside here. But now that this is such an intriguing job out in Columbus, like I said, there are some because they've been bad for a while. There are some young pieces there that I think you can really build around. And Gaudreau is still young enough that you can do something there. The Line A situation is obviously very difficult right now uh, surrounding his mental health, and it's it's been a problem for a bit out in out in Columbus. So we will see what that um, they end up getting with a, a Patrick Laine. But overall, I think for a, a young GM or or something like that, th- there aren't too many things I think you need to do with this roster before it gets to being, like, playoff contender ready. It's just that the East is stacked right now. Um, but they, they have some interesting pieces, and it'll be interesting to see the direction they go with the general manager and the direction they go with this roster moving forward. Because, like I said, there's... That you could have some fun with that. I'll I, I will say that for Darn. Sure. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for today's show. Again, I did a Twitch stream earlier today, twitch.tv slash primetime um, It basically turned into a live Flames chat. So we're going to post the audio, the, the relevant audio. You're not going to listen to me, oh, what a great chance, and, and all that stuff. I'll, I'll go through and post the relevant audio on here, and that'll be basically a de facto fra- Flames pregame show. Um, so we have that coming up. Tomorrow, big day, CFL Free Agency uh, recap from of the first week, or the first few days, I guess, of CFL Free Agency. Um, We will look at NFL offseason for all 32 teams, what's needed, uh, what isn't, I guess. Um, And UFC 298, full preview, coming up on Friday's show. Busy this weekend, so I don't, uh, the UFC breakdown may have to wait until Monday. But we will have some kind of UFC 298 reaction show for you coming up here on the podcast. Uh, Remember to subscribe if you're listening on YouTube, or sorry, if you're watching on YouTube or listening in podcast form. If you are listening in podcast form, You can watch me talk about these things on YouTube and vice versa. If you're watching on YouTube and you'd rather just listen while you're on the train or bus or whatever, you can do that. Just search Couch Potato Diary wherever you get your podcasts and YouTube. It's pretty obvious. Um, Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. I already said that. Twitter and Instagram. I'm at PrimetimeKline. And you can email the show Diary at Yahoo.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And I'll talk to all of you later.